And Jesus said to them, Let the little children come to me. These are difficult passages to preach from. Just I'll take a little tangent here. I remember when I was in my first calling and uh, I was looking for a vacation and we scheduled it on the calendar and I had an intern, so I had sort of had the luxury of a built-in preacher at that time. And so I said, you preach, and it was, happened to be the first Sunday in October. About Thursday, he came to me and he said, Father, these are really hard passages to preach from for the first time. <laughs> I was so sad when I actually took time to look and see what I assigned him. They are difficult passages to preach from. I will do my very best to handle them faithfully and also with the grace that I understand God gives to us. There are some truths we live with in the 21st century that we just sort of take as eternal truths. If you obey your parents, you'll get what you want. That was how I started out with just one of those thoughts. Or, if you study hard, you will get good grades. Or, if you go to the right college, you'll get a good job. Or, if you work hard at that job, you'll get a raise. Then, in adulthood, if you keep the right circle, you'll advance in society. Or, if you keep a good reputation, you will get the spouse of your choice. Or, if you stay faithful, others will stay faithful to you. Or, if you do what is right, you will succeed. And if all else fails, if you keep trying and trying again, then you will succeed. These are all true, except when they're not. The exception to the truths above is what our texts speak to today. We try to live our best and to be a person of integrity. That's what we chanted in our psalm today. Give justice for me, O Lord, for I have lived with integrity. I have trusted the Lord. I have not faltered. Living with integrity is possible most of the time. People normally respond to our good works positively. However, there are times of exceptions. We're familiar with the exceptions if we have lived any length of time. Parents are not always the most healthy of people, and sometimes parents make terrible decisions and do some things that are really terrible at times. Good education, with all of its promises, doesn't always produce the job we hope for. 
Hard work is not always rewarded. Maybe most difficultly, spouses, those we love deeply and treasure, are not always honest or trustworthy. And then spiritually, at times it even seems God has dealt unfairly with us. That's what's exactly happening in the book of Job. Job is a successful man. He falls from the highest of places and accomplishment all the way to the bottom. The story tells us about examples of human suffering, all compacted into one short chapter. Financial loss, physical disease, death of family members, all these come crashing into his life. But like us, the ancient readers were overwhelmed with this story. And it's interesting what scholars have found. It's later editors that added the beginning to the book of Job. It is an addition, an edit. Apparently, the ancient readers had a difficult time making sense of the suffering of Job. And so, hundreds of years later, the reading that we had today was added to the text that wasn't originally there. One that talks about Satan or an accuser coming in to the throne room of God and inviting a challenge to God. Truthfully, it's how the Persian court worked back in those days. Someone was an advisor who would find the opposite to be true. The devil's advocate is what we would call it now. But that person was on the team with the king and would say, yeah, but what about this? Do we have enough troops to overcome this other country? And so the scenario is set, yeah, but what about this faithful man? Is he truly faithful or does he just have a lot of stuff? And so he praises you. For our mindset, this doesn't really help. It only muddles the picture even more because it has God giving tacit approval and permission to torment a faithful person. Have you ever felt like that? That's what this book is about. For our 21st mind century mindset, we have to hear God's grace in a different way rather than a Persian court scene. I believe the grace comes from a different place in the dialogue between Job and God. In the midst of his loss, he becomes the exception to the rules that we all seem to understand. And so Job questions God. He accuses God. He second-guesses God. He lashes out in anger towards God. He even professes trust in God, even in unfair circumstances. In all of this, God listens 
and God loves. God sees Job's faithfulness, even in the midst of him offering angered questions. Questions, confusion, never diminish God's love for us. No matter what we're going through in life, whether it's an unjust reaction to something that should have been true, whether someone has not been faithful to us, God remains faithful even though it appears that God isn't there. Likewise, our questions, our anger, our confusion will never push God away. It will allow us to experience God's grace even more deeply. Our gospel reading tells a very narrow perspective of the message of marriage and divorce. Be assured that other scriptures talk more fully about this. And over time, we've come to see that even in the most committed relationships, over time, the relationship can die even though each of the partners continue to live. The relationship dies. The important thing I think I want to share with you is the important context for today's saying. Immediately following the explanation by Jesus, the rebuke of dismissing the children is introduced. Mark has written it in as a sandwich. The children are rebuked and dismissed. The saying is given. Children are rebuked and dismissed. They're sandwiched in here. As if to say, the disciples are shooing away the most vulnerable and helpless in their society. But Jesus is going to set them straight. He commands the children to come to him. Those who are easily dismissed, put away, abandoned, are vulnerable. And Jesus calls them and welcomes them to bless them. Maybe the picture we see in our human relationships that is the most painful and the most grieving is when a relationship dies. Know that Jesus understands that. And he calls those who are vulnerable and hurting and welcomes them to come to him to be blessed. He never dismisses. If you've ever been affected by divorce, I can't think of a more powerful image of Jesus welcoming the people who are the most vulnerable, of trust and commitment being given, and Jesus responding with blessing. At times, maybe not in relationships, but in life, we're left vulnerable like a child. Christ invites us in our hurt in our experience of the world as the exception at times to offer grace and love to those who need grace and love rather than dismissing. 
let the little children come to me. It might mean that we have to bring our pains and our questions to the God that we would want to blame. That will never diminish God in the least. God knows our pain, and like a parent, invites the truth of our heart to be shared in its rawest form. Grace is there without exception. Let the children come to me as an invitation to bring our vulnerabilities and our powerlessness to God, where grace is the healing power of broken hearts. Today's lessons tell us about the exceptions of life, those times when life just doesn't deal things correctly. The promises that God's grace is always there, and we are always welcome.